All right, everybody. Uh, thank you again for listening to the previous episode. This is the second episode of the Rogue Podcast, reflecting on a generation underempowered. And this episode is called School Choice Youth Voice, Expanding the Conversation. And we are able to do a fantastic collaboration with the Black Homeschooling Sustainability Initiative and their interns. Um, they did an internship, a six-week internship this summer. So uh, we're collaborating with them to talk about homeschooling and just what that looks like, especially and specifically for black students. And if at any point during this episode, uh, you really like what you're hearing and you want to get involved, um, the contact info for BHSI is bhsi.education. That'll, that's the website that you can go check out. And then the email address is info at bhsi.education. And with me today, I have three fantastic guests, the three interns from the program from BHSI and I want them to give a chance to introduce themselves. So just who you are, why you were interested in the internship with BHSI, and yeah, tell me about it. So Sierra, I'll ask you first. What's up, my name is Sierra. Um, I did participate in the BHSI initiative program, and I mainly wanted to do this program so I could get black voices out there and get them heard. That's really important to me, so that's probably the main reason why I chose to do this internship. All right, that's dope. That's dope. And Angel, what about you? Why are you interested in this internship? Like Sierra said, to get more Black voices out there, but I believe in Black advocacy all the way, and I love to advocate for all things around Black, especially when it comes to school choice. Amazing. And then lastly, London? Um, I agree with everything they said. I think that homeschooling should definitely be looked at, and I think this was just a cool program to be a part of, especially getting Black voices out there, especially from our perspective as Black people, as Black students, and yeah. And then here's just a quick icebreaker question is, I mean, I know that we'll definitely get into it, but would you be willing to drop out, not drop out, but stop going to your current public school after being into this internship and actually try homeschooling? Like that's the icebreaker question real quick. I'll start uh, off by answering. Um, I feel like I would, honestly, because it gives us, well, considering the situation that we're in anyway because of COVID, I would consider homeschooling because it gives me more time to, it gives me more time management skills. It helps me a lot, so I actually would. You would? Yeah, what I, about you, Angel? I've always wanted to be homeschooled because I just don't like the traditional public homeschool. There's like a lot of problems I personally have with public homeschooling, and not public homeschooling, but public schools. And when we do homeschool, not one, not only is it individualized for yourself, but I feel like I would have more time to do other things outside of school because even though school is eight hours, some of the time we're just sitting there doing absolutely nothing, wasting time and time just flies by and I'll be able to get way more done if I was homeschooled. Yeah, I can definitely relate with that. And then what about you, London? Um, I definitely agree. I think I would look at homeschooling as an option for me. Before we did this internship, I actually wasn't, like, I was kind of against homeschool. But now, like, learning about all of the benefits that it has to offer, I think it'd be a really cool experience. And even if I didn't end up liking it, I think it's something that's worth a try. And I think that all of you should try as well and think about it. All right. That sounds pretty good. Uh, Tanya, you want to hop in? Kind of. I don't know if I'm the correct person to ask about this because uh, my parents have always been trying to 
put me in homeschooling for like the longest time because my family is very very travel oriented like they love to travel get into um, different cultures and whatnot and you know coming from the schools that I went to like DSST and just like all around GVR um, I personally haven't had a problem with public school um, the only problem that I have had is just the fact that it's too easy. Like, mm. it's either not hard enough or it's way too hard. There's never that middle ground that any school really offers. So I would definitely try public or homeschooling um, just to get a feel of what tailored edu- education looks like. Um, but I would rather much so leave it to these interns to talk about their experience um, learning about the benefits. Yeah, and I know you had a couple questions for them too. Yeah, um, so I'm kind of choking up right here, but um, what uh, do you want like investors to do when going into BHSI? Investors is in funding? Yeah, anybody who's interested in funding, like helping out this organization and whatnot. All right, so to begin with, I believe that we all know that there's a huge stereotype between Black families and that we're all in poverty. And this is a sad reality due to underlying factors such as opportunity and pay gaps, poor, low funding towards predominantly Black neighborhoods, gentrification, overall just the systematic oppression that this country inflicts on us. But this narrative has changed for many Black Black students, Black families, and just Black people in general in today's society. And even if financial stability was a problem, money should never come in the way between anyone in their education. Education should be accessible for everyone. And when I say everyone, I mean everyone. Money should never be a problem. So, and it's to my understanding that homeschooling isn't included in the budget planning for DPS as like a board or in the city or council of Denver. And one-time grants aren't enough for yearly, <laughs> yearly learning, especially since homeschooling can be individualized for the person. They require more research, more resources. And because it's very flexible, it also requires a bigger budget and is very expensive. So to our funders, our advice would be to not only educate yourselves on organizations like the Black, Black Homeschooling Sustainability Initiative and Denver Independent Schools, but to learn more about them, such as their mission, their vision, why they do what they do, and to look into funding those, and to look into funding, funding them. Also, to give them unrestricted money, which basically means they can have their own agency, because a lot of times funders believe that they can just give you money and tell you what to do with your money. But no, these are the organizations that like our expertise and specialize in homeschooling and they know know everything they're talking about. So when they do give them the budget and the money, they should give them unrestricted money, so yeah. Can you define that word agency for people? Like what does agency mean? Basically individual groups of people having the ability to make, to make, decisions for themselves. So like when the money is given to them, they have the ability to say, okay, well, this is the biggest problem we have right now, or this is our biggest concern right now. So we need to put our money to this first, and then they know what their priorities are and they know what they're doing. So when we talk about agencies, basically giving them that free will of what to do when they are given this money. Okay, that, that's really powerful actually, yeah. Um, Odelia, did you want to ask them anything real quick? I don't know if 
if anyone has asked this question already, but I want to know, like, I want to know more about um, your your experience with having that internship. So I guess I'll ask Angel first. How was you? How was it like being in that internship? Did you like it? And if so, like, what did you really like about that internship? To begin with, it wasn't like anything I expected. Like I would, I would have thought like it was just like all work, 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 which it was. But it was more so. First of all, it wasn't that hard because it was just like a research project, you know? You have a question, you conduct a hypothesis, you build a survey, and then you basically analyze your things and draw to conclusion. But we built, first of all, great relationships with not only the other interns, but with our supervisor. And it was a great learning experience for me because first it was like one of my first times in a workplace because I am really young and that was like considered like my first job and internship. Plus, I got to learn more, again, about homeschooling and Black Black families around homeschooling because like earlier I mentioned I've always wanted to be homeschooled so to learn more about homeschooling it was really interesting and a great learning experience for me. How about you Sierra? Oh sorry how about you Sierra? (laughs) Am I saying (laughs) your name right? I'm sorry. Yeah you are. Okay how was your experience with the internship? Um honestly my experience really educational it I got educated on so many things, it's crazy. And the fact that I learned so much about black homeschooling specifically, like for example, in Green Valley, the, the percentage of black homeschooling is only 8%. When white percentage is like 56%. I wanted to know after, that was the first thing we kind of learned, that was like our intro. So after that, I really got interested in like, why is this? So I'm really glad we got to do this project and I learned more about black homeschooling so I could educate others now. How about you, London? How was your experience? Um, it was actually very powerful for me to be a part of like um, a group of black students, you know, that just were eager for more information and just to con- conduct this research. Um, and then as like Sierra said, I really was kind of like against homeschooling and then I feel like this really opened my eyes about like what it has to offer me and I think it definitely was something that like I don't know, just kind of changed my perspective for the better, you know, and even if it wasn't like, even if homeschooling is not for me, I'd really love to be able to encourage it to other students and motivate them to kind of take this opportunity to learn about the benefits. And yeah, I think it was just a very cool experience. It was a bit overwhelming at times, but I think I like that because I like kind of being challenged. And yeah, so it was a really good experience for me as well. Um, and you guys kept mentioning how you did do a lot of research around Black homeschooling in, in this area specifically. Um, with all that research, whose attention are you really trying to grab? Like, who is your research directed towards? So our research is towards everyone, uh, towards board members, administration, educators, Black students, Black families everyone those are our biggest and public and private schools those are our biggest audiences because not only do they play a vital part in getting more black families and black students into homeschooling but they can help us and we have specific things that each one of those audiences could do to get us in towards that step in receiving in helping black families and black students receive more resources and research when it comes to black when it comes to homeschooling um, did you guys like have any like organizations in mind when you were carrying out your research so that you could like present it to them and educate them on the topic and see if they would be interested? Like any organizations in mind? In terms of organizations, I don't believe we did. We just had a more broader audience type, if that makes sense. Okay. Yeah, that makes yeah. total sense. 
yeah. on my best year. It's cool. I wanted to elaborate because Angel, she hit the spot on every everyone, basically our audience, how we want everyone to listen. And I kind of wanted to elaborate on how she said public and private school because when you think of homeschooling, you would think, why would you want public and private school to listen to that? Mm. But our feel about it is that Public and private school, I want to start off with this. From our research, we had, we conducted a lot of things. We conducted a lot of results from it. And one of those things, one of those big things was that the misconception about how homeschooling and homeschool students, they don't get proper socialization, which isn't true. But I wanted to elaborate because private school and public school, they should reach out to homeschool students just as much as they reach out to their own students so they have that proper socialization that everybody thinks they don't have you know i feel like that um homeschool shouldn't homeschool students shouldn't be the only ones reaching out trying to participate in extracurricular activities because that's not just their part especially when kids who do go to public schools private schools thinking that things in that nature they get opportunities in a snap of a finger but when it comes to homeschool students um it's really hard for them to kind of reach out and find opportunities for themselves so i think that um one of the reasons why we're talking to public and private schools as an audience is so that they are inspired to reach out to other homeschool kids so it's not just on the homeschool kids to participate in extracurricular, extracurricular activities okay and then uh london i want to ask you so i keep on hearing like about you, you all talking about your research like we did research we did research so what were like the definitive steps that you actually took to get this research and I'm assuming that this research was like actually a part of the internship. Yeah. Okay. So we did have like multiple ideas that we wanted to do at one point. We wanted to like to do like a Jeopardy game or a Kahoot game. We actually didn't end up like following through with all of those because we didn't have the time. But so we just decided to do a survey. Um, basically, all of us like we have six team members in total, I, I believe, and all of us just came up with a few questions or not a few like five or ten questions that we wanted to include in the survey and then we just you know made a couple drafts of it and then we finally sent it out um we all campaigned it like on our social medias if we had it sent it out to any people that we thought would have like you know uh, good things to say about it or just like would be involved in um in the survey and um yes yeah, so we sent that out and then we had it out for about i want to say like a week a week and a half maybe and then after that we closed it and then just kind of analyzed all of it um we made like recommendations we just made up a bunch of conclusions. We tested our hypothesis to see if it was true. Um, yeah, I think that was pretty much it. I mean, you just talked about hypothesis. So like, what was that hypothesis? Or like, what question did you have before you even started right. um, your research? So, um, yeah, so our main, our research question was from a youth perspective, what are the barriers that prevent back, black families from homeschooling pre-COVID and currently? And I don't know the exact wording of our hypothesis, but I think the main um, reasons that we thought of were just the, believed lack of socialization, um, economic um, issues, and then as well as like lack of knowledge just in general about homeschooling. I think it's very common that students just weren't like aware of what homeschooling had to offer to students. And so, you know, they kind of just took it and like ran with that as, you know, like this is, this is our perception of homeschooling. We're not gonna change that. And that was pretty much it. And then Angel, like, so from your data, what did you see compared to your hypothesis? So I could say that our hypothesis was pretty spot on. And I believe this was because, well, to begin with, Black youth made it. And then our question in our survey were directed 
towards specifically Black youth. But like Blendon mentioned, a few aspects that we included in our hypothesis was misconceptions around homeschooling, or that you don't receive enough socialization, or that you're not financially stable. A common theme I feel like we all noticed was number one, a lot of these kids felt as if they can't be homeschooled because number one, their parents can't teach them the content, or they're too busy between their parents working, them working, or just family responsibilities as having like kid siblings. Mm -hmm. or, and something that we also saw was, I think Sierra mentioned this, perceptions around homeschooling. We learn a lot of, we get in contact with a lot of things from school. I learned about this internship from school. We learn about sports from school, extracurricular activities from school. A lot of things that we get is from school. And I feel like school doesn't, school does that part for us but they don't do it as well as connecting us to our community right because yeah. i feel like school gets those information from the community but the students of the community that like that is never bridged and that's a common that's a common theme we also saw and something else that we saw we also asked questions around uh the remote learning and covid because that was included in our research question and a lot of kids agreed that their mental stability or their just emotional state was terrible during the COVID learning because first of all it was like out of nowhere right we no one expected this educators families students no one expected this so it was just the workload was crazy none of us knew how to really manage it and like if you want it wasn't what we expected right mm -hmm. so and even though we know remote learning and homeschooling there's two very different things it it destroyed some people's misconceptions or conceptions at all around homeschooling. And I think that's pretty much it. No, Unless I think that was, I mean, that was really good. Like you kind of covered everything. So like how you started out with the hypothesis um, and you kind of just saw like what you observed on the outside. And then once you had that hypothesis, you um, asked a question. And then after that, you actually executed something, which is really powerful because I know a lot of times executing can seem like daunting and like how do I even get started and then after that you analyze your data and then now you're here actually talking about it so you kind of just took us through that step-by-step -step process as to what this internship did and like what it was supposed to accomplish um Tanya or Delia, is there anything else you want to add before we kind of flip the script and they kind of challenge us on our beliefs about homeschooling um, just one question actually to spin off to you, JB. Uh, since you are the only one out of all of us, I assume, that has actually had an extensive experience in homeschooling, a lot of the stuff that um, all the interns here were talking about was like the lack of being able to socialize. How do you balance homeschool while being able to be um, social? Uh, I think the best, I mean, that's a good question. I was, that was like, that was a turn on me because I wasn't expecting something from you, but um i guess basically saying that homeschooling is social in and of itself so what i mean by that is like this is my first year being homeschooled and part of the cool thing is that i can work wherever i want to so some of the like some of my favorite places of working at are actually like at the library whether it be downtown or the local one or working at a starbucks and things like that and actually utilizing the resources that like are public and around me. So I mean, I don't I don't know how many people interact with librarians, but a librarians in and of themselves are books that have so much knowledge and you can interact with them. Like that's one one example of being social. Another example is it's actually written into Colorado law that legally I have the right to participate in any extracurricular activities at any of my local schools. Mm -hmm. so that means that this year I was able to do varsity soccer, 
robotics club. Yeah, those are the two main ones that I did at like at, at school, but I was able to do those two things even though I'm homeschooled. I mean, so, I mean, you three know London, Tanya and Odelia that I was at DSST like every other day, even though I didn't even go there, which is funny. Right. So, yeah. So, I mean, it is a big misconception that um, like social is a, is a deal breaker for a lot of people. And then the other thing is that homeschooling is a whole entire different world where you have like there's other people who are being homeschooled as well. So not to mention how, like, for example, my mom and one of her friends, they both started a homeschool co-op, which basically means that like every week, a bunch of kids get together and actually do school together or take field trips. That's another thing I didn't even mention is taking field trips. Like that's also an example of being social and just doing things like that, whether it be to the library, art museum, et cetera, et cetera. So if anyone doesn't have anything else, uh, we can go ahead, flip it around and challenge us, you know, bring it on. Okay, yeah, Jonathan, you've been homeschooled, right? Like you mentioned? Mm -hmm. How long have you been homeschooling? If you're still homeschooled right now. So this is this was just my first year. So freshman year, I went to George Washington High School. Mm -hmm. This is this is my first year, or this was my first year. Okay, can I ask you what made you start homeschooling? What made me start homeschooling? Yeah. Honestly, I think it was probably just the systems put in place in public school that make you feel so pressured to achieve versus actually learning. So I know a lot of people have heard of like AP and IB courses. And like, I was always like a high achieving student and things like that. But what I really was wanted is actually not to just kind of on the surface level feel like I'm smart, but actually feel like I know the material. And what I was getting caught in is just performing on tests for the fact just to, just to perform versus actually learning the material. So I was really good at just like cramming in a bunch of knowledge two weeks before a test and then getting an A on it. Like that's easy to do to just copy and paste into your mind versus actually knowing the different functions of whether it be mathematics, literature, reading, all that, and how they're actually applicable to your life, which homeschooling allowed me to do. If that answers That's your question. Great. Yeah, that is great. Um, so homeschooling takes a lot of courage, you would say? I would, yeah, it does. Um, okay, the last question I would like to ask you is that, what, would, what advice would you give to those students who feel like homeschooling is the best option for them, but they're kind of, they're not ready to take that step yet? What would you say to them? Um, I would honestly say, look at like your schedule and like who you are as a person and what you're spending your time on. Because let's say you can't necessarily be homeschooled. In my situation, even before I was homeschooled, I was still doing homes, quote unquote, homeschool. So I was still learning things at home, whether it be during the summers or during school breaks to actually educate myself on different topics. Like, for example, my mom always knew that the public school would never teach me about the black history that we um, all some sometime in our lives need to learn so that we just know it. And during the summers and during like school breaks and things like that, we would take time, whether it be celebrating Kwanzaa and like learning the foundation of that or reading different memoirs of like Mel Nelson Mandela or different books and actually learning African as well as African history too. So I would just say, ask yourself, what can I like, first, what am I interested in? What am I interested in? What are my interests? Because you don't want to try to force yourself to learn something that you're really not into because that's just kind of like trying to force food down your throat that you don't want to eat. So what are your interests? And once you know that, ask yourself, when do I have open or free time? Like whether it's during my week, whether it's during my weekend, and even if just even if it's just an hour 
a like hour a day or hour a week try to like educate whether it's reading a book listening to a podcast is a form of like education um reading articles watching documentaries like those types of things are what homeschooling really is about because we are so conditioned to think that education just means staring at a book and doing math problems off of a page versus actual application of that. So that's what I would say. And my advice to those people who aren't necessarily ready to take that full step. Okay. Thank you for answering my questions. All right. So now we want to kind of talk to like any black students who are listening. Um, our main goal for black students is for them to acknowledge the different factors that go into homeschooling and like understand and recognize any of the benefits that it provides as well as like understanding the misconceptions. Um, so in our survey, we found that only 82% of black students believe that homeschooling should be an option um, for education. And that may seem like a really high number, but we actually want it to be like as close to 100% as possible. And 65% of students in the survey said that they don't have the financial resources uh, to execute homeschool. And in a recent article, it was found that homeschooling students were more likely than other students to be below poverty line, meaning that most homeschooled students are actually considered poor. So that I think that just goes to show that your financial issues don't really like um, dictate whether you are able to homeschool or not. And you have like other options to look at. And then another huge reason, like as we've already talked about that students don't want to homeschool is because their lack of socialization, right? So it, like you mentioned earlier, JB, um, it is a law that homeschool or public schools do have to like include homeschool students, whether it be like they want to join sports, sports or clubs or programs. And I just want to say like Jonathan, he did. Um, I would see him at my school a lot of the time playing varsity soccer with the boys, even though he was homeschooled. So he did get that socialization factor within his, um, you know, school and education. And other than that, there are like, as you mentioned, other opportunities as such as going to field trips or going to libraries or just getting involved by doing an internship or even like, you know, if you have a job, like anything like that. And then I also want to say that there was an option to be a part of a small kind of classroom like homeschool. It's not necessarily part of a school, but it is just a small group of students with like a couple of teachers. That is a way to kind of be um, out of public schools, but also still like, you know, being able to socialize and interact with other students. Um, and teachers as well. And then most U.S. Um, public schools about less than 10% of their time um, teaching Black African-American history. So if you are a student that does want to learn more about your culture and your background and African-American history in general, then I think that homeschooling is definitely an option that you should look at as it does like provide more, um, you know, just information about your, your culture. And there were a couple of videos that we watched um, that our supervisor gave to us. And one of these moms was saying that her number one reason for like putting her students in homeschool was so that they can learn about African-American history. So I think that's just a really big reason that we should all look for. And then um, also a study showed that black homeschooled students outperformed black public school students by 42 percentile points. And that is a huge, like that's a really significant number. Um, I think if you are a student that does struggle in public school and kind of just need that space to yourself, Homeschooling is definitely an option to look at as it will definitely improve your academic skills and your grades and all of that. And most of the times I just wanna say like students, we are the ones that are in charge of the paths that we take in our school and our education. So I think that if we're able to recognize all the benefits that homeschooling can offer to us. Um, it's definitely something that we need to encourage ourselves and also others around us to look at. Um, we really can't look at COVID. Like as Angel mentioned earlier, there, are, there were multiple students in our survey that did say their mentality was like bad after 
you know, going through remote learning. And remote learning is not homeschooling. I think that we all kind of just blended those together as one thing, but they're really not the same. And I think it's very important for black students to look for the resources and for people like JB who has like a positive experience, I'm assuming, with homeschool, so that they can kind of change their perceptions of homeschooling. Um, so what are the different like target audiences that you guys have that you want people to know about? Um, so yeah, we all are kind of in charge of like um, a couple of different groups. So I'm in charge of black students as well as black parents. Um, and then Angela and Sierra, you guys can say which ones you're in charge of. If you want. So I pretty much already covered funders, but I was also um, in charge of the educators, board members, and administration. So basically people that have quote unquote authority in schools. Yes, and I was in charge of talking about private schools and public schools and how they could contribute into homeschool, homeschool students. And Angel, I also wanted to, um, I know you're really passionate about like the whole education, like the boys. Thank you for bringing and, that up. I was gonna, I was gonna say something. <laughs> So to begin with, I just want to say a lot of what we've been talking about around black homes, black education and African-American studies and that if you're not receiving that in your public school, resort to homeschooling. Now, while in homeschooling, you can go like in depth in depth. That should be the job of public school to do. First of all, you cannot have American history without African-American history. In every point in time, the the resources and the things that black people in America have given to America, you just can't have it without, like in elementary school, we were taught extensive five weeks about World War I and the way that we should be praising our founding fathers and people like Thomas Jefferson or George Washington for founding this, finding this, finding America and writing this Declaration of Independence and just praising them, right? But then Black February comes, which is Black History Month and I'm only, I'm only taught about slavery to the civil rights movement, as if there was no life in Africa, as if slavery wasn't 400 years, nobody ever goes in depth about slavery, and as if we don't have things going on right now in our current day. It's just, it's not fair that the work and the struggles and the way minorities are oppressed in this country, the way that we, the way we've put in so much work into building America as a whole. And we can't even get this much history. That's that's a problem in itself. Mm. So yes, in homeschooling, you can go into depth about your history and learn more about your history, but in public education, and not just for black students, for every single minority, our history should be taught because African-American history is American history too. And if you neglect our history, you're not only neglecting our self-worth because with history comes self-worth and with history comes self-empowerment and if you don't know where you came from you cannot know where you're going and it's just a basic theory of life everybody knows that yeah i could go on but i'll just be quiet because that's no that was really good <laughs> I, th I mean i think you just educated some people which is fantastic um i kind of want to direct the conversation in a different way now um so like this summer, summer of 2020 has been one of the bloodiest summers in the past decade in terms of youth violence. How do you think that homeschooling solves the problem of youth violence? I feel that homeschooling is a great solution in order to 
keep children out of the the violence that is going on because there has been like you said so many so much shootings and so much violence and so much hatred going on and i feel like number one being in homeschool you could educate yourself about that history because in public school private school at least my experience is that we don't learn about what's currently happening happening we learn about the past which is very important but i feel like learning about the current events is just as important so that's how homeschooling could actually really help us learn about our present and like angel said you you can know where you're going if you didn't know where you came from like and also it like i said it gives you the chance to learn about what's going on in the present time as well as it keeps you out of the trouble because going to school every day you're around certain people you're around people who probably don't have the best intentions for you but being homeschooled you actually have that chance to learn who you are as an independent person and you get to choose who and where you want to go London, yeah, I saw you I wanted to say something. Yeah, I just wanted to add too that there are definitely like a lot of studies that have shown that when more students are like able to homeschool themselves, it reduces the amount of like violence and the trouble that they get into, you know, which makes sense because as Sierra was saying, like there are going to be people at school who antagonize you and they're going to want to, you know, like kind of peer pressure you to get into these certain, you know, all these just these bad situations that you don't have to be in and i think that as students who like as someone who's grown up in public schools i've definitely seen my own peers like fall into those traps especially being a, a black student like you're gonna fall into those traps of you know kind of belonging to the streets you know but um i think that's definitely like just something that we have to look at is just if you really want to like learn about it look at those studies and find out about your history and the people around you i want to say too like last night i was even at a party last night and I found one of the, someone that was at that party did get shot. And I think it's just like, it's horrible how, you know, there's been so much violence. And I think that if we can all just like present ourselves as individuals and learn who we are as ourselves, then we can definitely prevent more things like that from happening in the future. Yeah, and I think London mentioned like something really important of how black students are usually told that you're no more than a thug, you're no more than a troublemaker. Like we all know in public schools, black students are always labeled as a distraction. And first of all, that's supporting the school to prison pipeline because that's the same thing the government does in terms of the criminal justice system and policing and with prison with prisons. And just to bring that into a place of education, there is so many things wrong with that. But when you're told, First of all, when you're not taught your history, so you don't know who you are, and then mm. you're told, well, this is what you are. There's not more that you can resort to than just taking this because it's all that you've been told all your life. All your life, you're told you're a gang member. You're supposed to be a gang member. You belong to the streets, as London said, and no one is going to tell you who you really are. That's what you're going to resort to. And that's why there was so there's so much youth violence in our community, especially in the Black community, because we don't know who we are. And nobody is telling us these things, especially there are many different reasons why people join gangs and i feel like with our generation it's a lot of the wrong reasons like it's because they want clout or it's because they just they want to seem cool to their friends right and at the end of the day youth violence i feel like it's always going to have its lingering effects on the community and while it does cause a lot of devastation when you do resort to homeschooling not only can you seek yourself like Sierra said you get to learn more about yourself and you as an independent person what you like and what you don't like you have your best interest and these people that you're going to meet at school first of all you're not going to know them for the, your whole life 
And at a certain point, you're going to have to make your own decision for yourself. And you're going to have to speak for yourself. And you're going to have to determine what you want and what you need. So at the end of the day, youth violence, it, resort, it results from a lot of that. But we have to, as youth, come up and rise up and say, okay, like, this isn't okay. Make decisions for yourself. Because these mm. people will not be in your life for the rest of it. And they don't have your best interests. You have your best interest and you know what you want and you know where you you know where you're headed so you should take that step in reclaiming your own life and reclaiming what your purpose is uh tanya and odelia i really want to challenge you because um i heard like london and angel talk about people in school and like the aggressors how like homeschooling can, can help the person being like drawn in but what about specifically for those people that are the aggressors like how can homeschool help them the people that are starting um, different quarrels and things like that. Oh, hello, can you guys hear me? Yeah. Okay, I think one way homeschooling could probably help the aggressors or the instigators in school is, I think for the most part, a lot of the times, for the people who are instigating fights or the people who are just the bullies or whatever, I think a large component comes from them being insecure or them just not being in that well of a mental state. And this is just my take on homeschooling, but I believe when you actually have time to yourself and you get to decide what you like, how Angel was saying, you get to decide what you like and what you don't like, it also helps you, it helps kind of get you into a good mental state. You're able to really ground yourself in what you want to do and you can look past the future like you can look past the next couple of years you can see where you want to be and i think for a lot of like in in our school i think for a lot of the aggressors in there they they don't really have the mindset to look past just a couple of months they're always stuck in the moment and i think homeschooling um could really solve that issue when you're when you take time to yourself and you can actually sit there and plan out not really plan out what you want to do with your life, but when you're given a lot of opportunities and you really get to sit down and reflect on what you want to do in the coming years, it kind of helps you realize, ooh, what I'm doing is like not beneficial. What I'm doing is kind of out of pocket. It's not what I need to be doing right now. And I just really think that homeschooling, especially for the aggressors, like, like how I was saying before, it can really help people who feel insecure. I'm pretty sure a lot of those aggressors, they only instigate fights or do certain things so that they can get the wanted attention they need to feel validated but when you take time to be by yourself you can see that you don't necessarily need other people giving you bad or unwanted attention to feel validated when you can sit there and like be at one with yourself yeah yeah sorry and if i could add, just add on to that real quick i think that the people who are like the aggressors those people do not know what you know like what angel was saying earlier they don't know their history or if they do know they only know like the more just kind of like stereotypical um you know like black stereotypes of who they are the thugs and they belong to the streets like all of that they all just want to they all just like to that one thing where really if they were homeschooled they could really learn about themselves and their culture and their history and that will kind of just dictate like how they you know act around other people and maybe they won't be insecure because they know who they are and they know that they are a powerful voice that can be used in our community to do you know positive things and i think that when you are secure in yourself you don't need the attention and so you won't do these you won't instigate these things and these fights and all of that to get that attention you know no that was really insightful 
also building off of what London said, because I feel like a lot of public schools, especially in the Montbello and GVR area, they really try to push for the stereotype of, oh, well, black people are thugs, this, this, that, and the third, especially at DSST, even though I go there. Um, a lot of schools, they result to discipline, like in order to like make a student better, which doesn't necessarily work. And a lot of the time, no, most of the time, the, the students who are getting disciplined are black students and that same stereotype of, oh, you're nothing but a distraction, a thug, a criminal, that same stereotype gets pushed onto them, which is what a lot of public schools do too. And so, and because most black students are not taught about where they, unless like your parents are African, you probably don't know anything about where you're from or how American history also includes you and is not just about the white man because so many black students miss out on that opportunity. They just feed into that stereotype and become the aggressors and continue the same cycle. So, yeah. Yeah, that's really good. Um, and I think the next piece is, so we already always hear about like Black Lives Matter movement and things like that and how it's always like the black people leading it and like the black people starting it and being ahead and forefront of it. Um, but Sierra, I want to challenge you. How do you think that specifically Black homeschooling benefits everyone, not just Black people? So how does it help the white students in public school or the Latino students being homeschooled? Okay, I, I think I understand your question. I feel like the main answer to that question is education. Education is power and education is everything. And I feel like whether you are Black, whether you're white, Hispanic, anything if you are educated about not just your own race not just your own history but everybody's history then we could all unite and we could all help each other out and we could all feel each other rather than hating each other so i feel like if people were to homeschool and kids people parents if homeschool started to be more prevalent when it comes to i guess not really a trend but when it comes to feeling I'm not really sure how to word it, but when it comes to homeschooling, I feel like if we are all educated about not just ourselves, but about everybody else and every other race, I feel like things will be better and I feel like things will be, um, people will be more of leaders rather than followers. I want to build off of what Sierra said. When we talk about things like Black Lives Matter and how homeschooling can, everyone can benefit from this. Mm -hmm. Ignorance is very bliss. Ignorance is very bliss. And ignorance stems from not not being educated. Because if you're ignorant, you're simply not educated. For the people saying white lives matter, the people saying blue lives matter, the people saying white all lives matter, you're simply not educated. Because if you knew the deep and extensive history bet between the not only just black people but minorities in this country and how we've been treated and not only how we've been treated but how we've rose up from that and the resilience in that you wouldn't be going around saying things like that so to be educated on that like sierra said education not only is it powerful but you can change the world with education and to deprive someone of their education i feel like that's the worst crime you could ever commit because with your education you could do so much some of the most influential people were the most educated MLK, he graduated at 15. He mm -hmm. went to, he was very, very educated and he changed the world for a better. And his name will be a name that you will hear 100 years from now. And you heard it every single year since he died and you hear it every single year after he died. Because not only was he educated, but he knew his worth. He knew where he was coming from and he knew where he was going. So when you deprive someone of their education, 
you were committing the biggest crime and you were doing a huge mistake and a disservice onto the whole society as society as a whole because you will never know who will emerge from just simply having their education we will have doctors we will have future business leaders we will have amazing people but when you deprive them of their education they will not know where they're going yeah and i just want to build off of both of you at the same time um i think that students of color we have to unite whether you're hispanic whether mm -hmm. you're black asian middle eastern like whatever you may be i think it's so powerful for us to all just come together because i don't know if you guys have seen like any of the pictures of the protesters but when i see like a latino and a black student together holding each other's flags and just i mean i'm getting like emotional like i think it's just one of the most powerful things that we can be as a you know as in our generation because when we learn about not only ourselves but also each other's history and our culture it's so like think about how much we could do in the world if all people of color just united and we're all just standing on like one viewpoint, you know, like, oh my gosh, we could just, we could be doing so much politically, socially, economically, like all of it. And I think it's just so important to learn about not only ours, but everyone else's culture as well. Unity is very powerful and the oppressor hates to see it, but when we unify as one, you can't, you can't tell us nothing. Yes, I yeah. want to add on to that as well. Uh, I'm sorry, Jonathan. No, you're um, good. Okay. Um, I wanted to add on to that. When it comes to homeschooling, let's look at public schooling or let's look to um, private schooling. That results back to the government, right? And the truth is the government does not have the best interest for us and they always want something in return. There's always, they teach us what they want to teach us so that we benefit them in the future. We go on to be what they want us to be. But if we were to break that chain, if we were to break that cycle, and for example, homeschool, if like we said, not just black students, but every race, every student, if we were united homeschooling, like Landon said, there could, so, there could be so much done rather than just fitting into the cycle or the conception or just the expectation of us when it comes to public schools and what we will do after. Yeah. Um, so Tanya, uh, Sierra was just kind of talking about like, the institutional aspect of this and like from my perspective if black people and like anyone in general starts homeschooling their kids as a school or even as a district i'm gonna feel threatened because i'm like oh so you're gonna take my students away take away my funding why do you think homeschooling is good for the districts and just like the system the educational system as a whole even though more students usually means more money that's a really tough question to ask because um, I don't, I'm not really educated upon what public schools really do with their budgets mm -hmm. and their fundings and whatnot. But I feel like it just leads back to this entire idea of doing what's best for the student. Because obviously, you know, districts and their money, that's an entirely separate issue in of itself. Like, yeah. we all know that DPS, like specifically, which like we've all experienced um has done some questionable things with their budget however um the thing is is that districts and networks and what whatever education like public education system you're under they need to start realizing that everything you do is supposed to be for your students it shouldn't target everybody as a demographic it should target the specific students who need to learn specific things about themselves and when you look at it from that kind of lens as somebody who's probably on the board or who's running the network or whatnot you're going to start being 
a little bit more flexible with what you do with your budget, with being able to be okay with all these different students switching over to homeschooling, because you know that it's their best interest in heart. And that's at heart. And that's why I implore mostly just board members and everybody who is in the public system education, uh, public school education system to really dig deep and find out why you're there on the board. And if it isn't to make a change for the better in your students' lives, then why are you even there? I mean, that's tough. I mean, and I think you answered that question perfectly because I mean, I, none of us know the exact specifics of how the system works. Well, what I like about your answer, Tanya, is you got into like the, psycho the psychology of leadership and like the district and you just said you shouldn't have a problem with a straight a student leaving your public school who's making your test scores look better homeschooling because you're like that's not that's not the objective it's about them doing what's best for them that's the ultimate goal and i know most districts on their on their website say that every child succeeds you do you and we'll support you so if you're if you want to uphold that claim then allow us, then allow whoever to make what decisions they need. So, I mean, that's all I have for today. If any of you guys have any last words before you, um, any last questions? Um, I don't know if Sierra or London have any last questions, but I would like to mention, because today we did um, do a lot of talking around homeschooling, if you do want um, more information just around Denver Independent School and serving underrepresented home-based learners, visit their website at www.denverindependentschools.org. And then just to clarify, BHSI is a, uh, is a sub-organization yeah, within a, uh, DIS. Yeah. Okay. Yes, and to add on to that, if you want more information towards their number from Denver Independent School or just DHSI in general, the number is 720-255-1518. Again, 720-255-1518. Right, and then Johnson already mentioned this in the beginning, but again, if you just want more general information about Black homeschooling, um, you can just visit bhsi.education and you should get all the, all the information you're looking for. All right, so I just want to wrap up and thank everyone for listening. And I think the overall thing that I got, about, got out of it was just education should be you deciding what's the best option for you, whether that is public school, home school, private school, charter, whatever, but just you being able to take initiative and use agency, like uh, Angel talked about in the beginning, use the agency to say, I know what my problems are, what my needs are, and I'm going to take initiative and actually make change and choose this form of education that is most useful to me. So thank you all for listening. Uh, this was the second episode of the Rogue Podcast, reflecting on a generation empowered, titled School Choice, Youth Voice, Expanding the Conversation. All right, thank you all. Thank you so much. Thank you. Cool.